0: Show. I am C.L. Bryant. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Hey, folks, I am just absolutely floored uh, by um, the last um, guest that I I had on today, Robin O'Bannon. Robin O'Bannon. And I can tell uh, that you were really enthused with her as well. Got to have her back on as early. As next week, uh, talk about unfinished business. There's a lot of unfinished conversation that I have to have with Robin O'Bannon. And I want to have on our good friend with us, uh, California, Ted Hayes. Uh, I want to have him on uh, during uh, our, our conversation as well next week. Evidently, this is the conversation that America is hungry for. The, the healing conversation. And there's something that Robin left us with that I want um, to uh, continue with here. She said something uh, that her mother gave her. was a pearl of wisdom that her mother gave to her that I want to expand upon with you, reiterate with you. You show people how to treat you. Oh, simple but profound. And it, it is so simple that it's overlooked. You actually show people, you teach them how to treat you through your own actions. And friends, it can be as simple as this. Hey, listen, if if you make it a habit of being a, a fly off the handle type of person, a person who speaks before you think, then people uh, have this tendency or will have a tendency to treat you the way you show them how to treat you. And and her point was that America when we look at um, people who come to this country from other nations uh, Somalia for instance Mogadishu Somalia where Ilhan Omar is from when she came here as Beto O'Rourke is reinforcing the idea that we, 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 we teach people, we show people how to treat us, Beto O'Rourke, uh, you know, in, 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 in potential immigrants of America, that somehow they should expect a racist nation. They should expect to be mistreated. Now, all of this coming from, and, and, and get this, get this, all of this type of rhetoric coming from someone who is a white male in America, who is sh- speaking to prospective legal immigrants to this country about how they should expect to be treated in a racist and unjust way, even though the people that he is speaking to are leaving their oppressive countries to come here. I'm just wondering if, in fact uh someone, and I know because of uh, the inner teachings of Islam in this nation and the attitudes that Islamists have against this nation in other parts of the world, if you come to this nation, and even though you may enjoy the benefits of the Fruited Plains, you're from Somalia, uh, wherever vietnam wherever if you are expecting to experience a racist nation then that will be the platform that you operate from are you hearing me and even though i i i i absolutely hold a United States representative to the House of Representatives accountable for her actions. But there is something that Robin O'Bannon points out. And oh, hey, folks, I got to have her back to us. And that is they quite possibly behave toward us in those in that way. Because we have actually taught them ourselves to behave toward us in that way, even in our uh, open door charity, uh, even with our uh, you know embracing of their immigration, legal immigration. Still, there may be an underlying message that they see in us that causes some of the angst that we experience as citizens of this country. Take into account that there were examples used of people visiting your home. If, in fact, you don't put coasters on the table, on your coffee table, then they won't either. So you can't complain if, in fact, they make the same rings on the coffee table as you made. You see, there has to be some type of guideline If, in fact, you want to enforce a law that you want to happen or exist in your own home. And, Americans, there may be guidelines that we should respect of ourselves that immigrants, legal immigrants to this country, don't see us respecting. Are you hearing me? And so, even though the patriotic bones in us become inflamed when we see them acting unpatriotic toward us, the underlying issue may be, how are we handling our own business? Oh, oh, that's food for thought. That is the fodder that we really must examine, not that we want to start blaming or, 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 or crucifying ourselves for being imperfect because we can't help but be anything other than imperfect because we are human beings. But the human experience in America is far more exceptional Than anywhere else on the globe. That's why I say every day uh, we live in the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. That is absolutely true. But how do we as Americans treat that experience ourselves? Friends, let us be clear here. Very clear there is a introduction that need to be had again with us americans and we certainly need to make sure that we introduce america to our young people so that they may see it through the lens of who we are intended to be as we uh, understand it from the founder's perspective. Now, uh, and and forget about, uh, and and no, you can't forget about it because uh, it'll never be forgotten. And the root cause of a lot of our ills does come from, as it was said in the last interview with Robin O'Bannon, the unfinished business that must be finished before our nation can actually be healed. And that is the the issue of of chattel slavery in this country. There there are people still using it as an excuse to fail. So let's put it out on the table once and for all. And let's begin here today. Uh, 400 years, over 400 years of uh, slavery in this country. Uh, Well, actually, a little over 80 years to be true, to be actual accurate about it. Because even though uh, people were here on this continent, uh, slavery was abolished 87 years after the nation actually became a nation. I want to make that perfectly clear first. That. Slavery did not exist in America, in the Americas. Yeah, it did exist in the Americas. It did exist for over 400 years. But in the nation of the United States of America, slavery only existed for 87 years because after the founding of this nation, after the ratification of our documents, our founding documents, our Constitution, slavery was abolished. So, anyone going around yelling and screaming about how y'all had us enslaved for over 400 years don't know what they're talking about because it was only 87. But I digress with that point, and, and this is the point I'm trying to make. When we look at those who come to this nation who did not go through that American experience... In their DNA, of having been the descendants of chattel slaves in this country, when you have people that come here from, let's say, Yugoslavia, just to use some countries, Vietnam, Nigeria, Jamaica, uh, who were the Jamaicans who were not slaves in this country, like uh, Kamala Harris's father, who has now spawned a, a Democrat candidate. For President of the United States, Barack Obama, case in point, who became President of the United States, whose roots are Kenyan. People from Somalia, like Ilion uh, Omar, who do not have a slave history in this country. We ask ourselves, and it is a legitimate ask, how is it possible? that they seemingly enjoy more of the fruits of being in the American experience than those who were raised and have DNA back to 400 uh, years, over 400 years in this country? How is it possible that they seem to enjoy more of the opportunities that are available For everybody than those of us who are here and not just talking about black folks. Hey, white folks, you are uh, missing a lot of the boat in America, too. Because um, there are many who have white skin, as, as it is called, and brown skin, as it is called, black skin. As it is called, because we identify ourselves as colors, which may actually be a disservice to us as Americans, too, because uh, then the categorizing uh, lends to us a certain prejudice. By necessity. That's why it's categorized. So that you can recognize uh, and then choose beforehand how you're going to feel about it. When, When you when you label it as colors. It's one of those conversations, my friends, that if we don't have earnestly, it can, in fact, take us down. Someone will ask, well, why didn't it take us down uh, after the Civil War? I'll tell you why. It's because folks had hope for a brighter future coming out of that darkness now we have uh, seemingly reached up an uh, a, 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 a certain apex in our nation where those who have experienced the hope of a brighter future are now Somehow, for whatever reason, trying to convince ourselves that that hope is no longer available. And that's a lie. It is a damnable lie. But yet, it is a progressive liberal tool to continue the defiant wedges that have been driven between the citizens of our nation. Could it be that that is also one of the reasons why this immigration issue is such a hot-button issue? When it shouldn't be. Illegal immigration and illegal aliens in this country should not be a a, a hot-button political football Uh, all of us are carrying around or even arguing over because there are laws against it. And and again, I refer back to my opening statement given to us by my last guest, Robin O'Bannon, and that is, we are actually showing and teaching people how they should treat us. And quite frankly, folks, we are telling them that it's okay to treat us like idiots. To treat us like fools. And one of the things that this president, Donald John Trump, rallied against and was elected to do was to cut back on the foolery and the idiotic treatment that we have been experiencing from those who we do business with. And yes, when someone comes into your nation as a legal immigrant you're fully expecting to be able to do business with them because of what they bring to the table, to what they add to the stew, so that not only they can eat from it, but you can too. That was why this president was elected, is because we had for so long Taught people who we do business with to treat us like idiots. And guess what? They treated us like idiots. And somehow we conveyed the message to them that we liked it. And so they continued it. I'll be back in just a couple of minutes. We got to talk.
1: It high. Our hearts are bowing in
0: C.L., back with you on this great day in the U.S.A. Yes, we do, in fact, teach people how to treat us when they come to this nation because of our lack of understanding who we are. And that has been systematically, in my opinion, bred out of two generations of Americans. Or at least one. Yeah, it's been bred out. As far as the greatness of our nation, it's almost uh, some, some people actually get ashamed to call themselves patriots. I am. I'm a patriot. I love America. In fact, I'm a nationalist. I prefer uh, America above any other nation on the face of the planet. And anyone who is coming into this nation looking for citizenship and wanting to be an American, they should prefer this nation over the one they left. Or otherwise, quite frankly, you stay where you are. If you're not going to come here, assimilate and love America as a citizen, embrace America as a citizen, not telling you to throw away your fondness and your love for the country of your origin, but now you have a new homeland and you have to love it. You have to defend it and you have to have a certain allegiance to it if you're going to stay. And, friends, uh, that's why I am uh, all on board with the president to take uh, taking executive action uh, to the citizenship question. Because we have to know we need to know. Who is for us or who are against. You got to know we need to know who is who, how many citizens in this country we have. And how many people who have a green card and how many people who don't have a green card who are here, uh, you know, even though they're not going to answer that question. But still, if you're an American citizen. You should be able to say so. But you also run into this can of worms. People lie, (laughs) don't they? They. Are you an American citizen? You see see we uh see uh uh we <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Oh, you know what does the census taker do? They take that down. You're not you don't you don't uh, I I don't know I, you know I can't remember. Um the last census that um we participated in, of course, was ten years ago and I don't remember uh if in fact um I we showed them our ID. I think we did. I think we did. But I can't remember if we did. Um I hope we did, because otherwise it doesn't make sense to ask the question because people simply lie and say that they are. When quite possibly they're not. A whole different can of worms. But in this race for freedom that we are on, get my book, a race, v, uh, uh, a race for freedom, get my book. Um, we are looking at a situation here where we're going to have to take a closer look at why we're treated the way we are by folks who shouldn't treat us and disrespect us. In the fashion that they are doing. Just that just common decency. Should say you're kind to your guest. Or to your host. You're kind to your host. You come into my house. You should at least like me. And respect my house. Isn't that right? But we have for so long allowed people into our house. And uh, the the conservative uh, tally on on how many people we have allowed into our house and are staying is at least 11 million. And and the reason they're treating us that way, uh, Americans, is because we have let them treat us this way. Let's just be honest. Now, as we move forward, let us understand that... um, the House Judiciary has okayed subpoenas for Kushner, Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, and um, former Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Uh, does this, <laughs> why, you, 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 you tell me. But uh, 12 people mentioned in the special counsel Robert Mueller's report, including Donald uh, Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and former Attorney General Jeff Sessions. The lawmakers on Thursday uh, have approved subpoenas for documents and testimonies related to President Donald John Trump's handling of immigration including on the separation of migrant families at the Southern border. The resolution authorizes an investigation into whether there have been any discussions of Trump offering pardons to Homeland Security officials who work on immigration issues. Now, The Judiciary Chairman, Gerald Nadler, total idiot, of New York, will make a final decision about issuing the subpoenas and has said they can be avoided if witnesses of the administration cooperate voluntarily. Now, this is going to start a firestorm. There's no question about it because the president's already tweeting about it. Uh, He tweeted uh, that before a meeting that the witnesses have already spent hours with Robert Mueller and a fortune on lawyers in so doing. The president also added that the Democrats have enough already, so go back to work for the American people. Friends, I certainly hope that um, Jerry Natler, Gerald Natler, is stupid enough to issue the subpoenas. I, I hope he is. It will ensure without any question Reservation in any sensible American's mind. And believe me, there are many more sensible American minds out there than those 49, 47% who give the president his highest approval ratings at this point in time. Believe me, there are a lot of closed mouths out there that have just had absolutely enough of Jerry Nadler and his subpoena machine, his uh, investigation machine, that he is just absolutely running aground. Just sick of it. So I I, I hope that he has, I, I hope he's stupid enough to issue the subpoena for... Uh, The president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and the former attorney general, Jeff Sessions. I hope he does it. Landslide 2020. Donald John Trump and the Democrats are the best players on our team. There's no question about it. Keep it up. Keep it up. And you will see that the Omar's... The Ocasio-Cortezes are one and done. Yeah. How is it possible that a woman from Mogadishu, a child coming to this country from Mogadishu, Somalia, where in that region of the world, slavery is still very much a lucrative trade. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, slavery. Mistreatment of women, barbaric treatment of women is still a very lucrative trade. Slavery is. How is it possible that someone from that region of the world coming to America? now has a storybook life and story, can possibly hold the type of venomous attitudes toward this nation as she does. How is that possible? Did we teach that to them by being idiots about who we are? And it's case in point, when you look at how Jerry Nadler, yeah, Jerry Nadler, is handling our own American experience. So, expect fireworks real, real soon. Now, uh, (laughs) hear this from Newt. I really uh, like Newt. I campaigned a little bit for Newt when he was thinking of run when he was running for president, you know, and all of this. I uh, have liked Newt for years. Jane and I have had the privilege of being with him and Callista. At at gatherings at gatherings um, around uh, a couple of gatherings around the country. But former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich Thursday said that the latest salvo from Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez accusing Speaker Nancy Pelosi of attacking her and three other freshman lawmakers as women of color was a classic comment by the hard left. But Pelosi must realize she's the grandmother in the growing conflict. I love it. Let me tell you why I love that. Because they are beginning to cannibalize each other. If there is one thing these young Turks have done, they have not come in with any respect for the venerable heads of their party. And it will harm them. It will hurt them. It will take them out of the game. you see, I've pastored three churches uh, in this country from California to Florida uh, Texas back here to Louisiana and um, let me let me tell you something about when you're the new kid on the block, even though you may have all the spit and polish and the talents to set the world on fire and all of that type thing, you know, you know, you enthralled with uh, the way you are able to tell your story. You're, you're able to set it on fire and people love the way you do what you do. Like I said, I pastored, I have pastored three churches in uh, Texas uh you know, of course, I've been on staff at uh, many, many churches, uh, but in Texas, California, uh, and Florida and back here to Louisiana. I know that's four states, but I've only pastored three churches. I was uh, um, uh, educational Christian education director in uh, in one of those. But when you go into a new environment, a new situation. This is what you have to do. First of all, if they elect you as pastor, I'm going to use my own experience as pastor. And to all you young pastors out there, and to you pastors who may have been pastoring maybe for three, four, five years, uh, six years, you're still young. You're still new at this job. And it's a job that takes years to actually uh, begin to understand how it works. In any situation, you may be a young executive, corporate executive. You may be a freshman in a law firm, uh, wherever you are. May be a basketball team, football team, wherever you are. You may be the freshman at school in your high school or college. Where have you? This principle works every time, any time that it is applied and used. Even though they may be calling you pastor. In between time that you became entitled as far as the title they give you as pastor to the time that the last pastor was there, there was somebody who was running stuff before you got there. And chances are they will be running stuff if you're gone. So if you're smart and Ocasio-Cortez and Omar and others to They're not smart enough to understand that they've been on this job now for a little over six months. (laughs) Are you hearing me? And there are people in the party. Who was running stuff before they got there. And as I said I believe they're going to be one and done, but they're going to be running stuff when they're gone. So you have to get to know them. Now, you may say, well, Donald Trump came in gangbusters, but no, most of the people who had ran for office in the Republican Party had already kissed the ring of Donald Trump one way or another before he ever got into politics by asking him for money nobody had come to uh ocasio cortez or talib or omar asking them for anything because they didn't have that type of clout before you the voters gave them to them. and if you're in minnesota or, or new york or, or 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 um other places who may have uh, just elected a a socialist to your office They had nothing to offer you before, except a fresh face. Trump had offered to the state of New York much more than the governor of New York had offered to them before he became president of the United States. There's a difference there. Trump has an authority and a right to feel as though he can go in and uh, start throwing weight around because he had weight. But Ocasio-Cortez, Omar, and Tlaib, they they didn't have any weight. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, no weight. But yet, they didn't learn the lesson of finding out who was running stuff. Trump could come in and say, I know who's running stuff because I have contributed to their campaigns. (laughs) Oh, hey, folks. It's going to get very real. This 2020 election, as I told you yesterday, by the time we reach November 3rd uh, of 2020, we're all going to need a break (laughs) from politics, at least until Inauguration Day, when I truly believe Donald John Trump will hold up his right hand again. And take the oath of presidential office. Especially if the Democrats continue on the path that they're on. I don't see how he can fail to be reelected. I'm C.L. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my you clean me up inside. You thought I was to die for. you
1: Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn
0: Do the best I always oh, and for the flag I stand. America, land of the free, home of the brave, especially those who go into venturing their capital on ideas that create jobs. <coughs> Pardon me, yes, that is absolutely the case. The um, Dow hits a new record of 27,000 points for the first time. And a day after the Standard & Poor's S&P 500 made its first move above 3,000. This is the greatest economic engine the world has ever known. I'm talking about America. And in the midst of all of that, here on the home stretch, please let me talk to you about why Americans. Tend to be crying about not being able to have opportunity, crying about being hungry and, and 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 starving and 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 those who are not getting their share of the pie, crying about being hungry while you have a full loaf of bread tucked under your arms, and the only thing you have to do is reach in and get a bite. That's the equivalent of what's happening in this country right now with people who are, in fact, trying to play the the card that America is unbalanced when it comes to people who don't have opportunity. The only way that you don't have opportunity in this country, and I'm not being calloused when I say this, is if you are not trying If you are trying in this country at this point in time, you can succeed. What does it take to try? It takes tenacity. And from my discipline, it takes a certain belief in the creator who has blessed this country from sea to shining sea. That's right. God. You have an endowment by your creator long before there was a stock market, long before there was affirmative action, the type of endowment that my grandfather, who could not read, barely could write his name, took advantage of because he knew how to work. Learned how to be proficient at cutting pup wood. Got himself a couple of trucks. Cut pup wood. Illiterate in America. In Louisiana. America. Yet. Oh, the old man did very well. My dad. Third grade education. Worked hard. All of his life. So that I to be well-educated and have the opportunities that I enjoy. The only way that you don't succeed in this America, not the same America that my grandfather and my dad had to deal with, Oh, no, this is not that. This is not the same America that they had to deal with. That's why I absolutely become incensed when I hear these young people railing against the opportunities in in this country that they only need to reach out and get. The only way that you're failing in this country, the only way that you are not succeeding in this country. It's because you haven't tried. And believe me, I understand that many times when you try, yes, you will fail. Been there, done that, have all the T-shirts for it. But uh, the beauty about America is that it doesn't matter who your grandfather, your father was. Does not matter where you came from. The only way that you can fail in this country is if you are not trying. And that means if discouragement comes, trust God, try again. You're not trying. If you fail four or five, six times, dust yourself off. Try again. The only way that you are not succeeding in this country, ask Frederick Douglass. Ask Booker T. Washington as if you're not trying. Failure never comes to those who have not tried. Now, you can't fail if you don't try. Failure never comes to those who have not tried. Success never comes usually to those who have not failed and don't know the sting of it. So when you look at the greatest wealth producing machine that the world has ever known that is still producing, listen to the words of uh, Fed chair uh, Jerome Powell said that many Fed officials believe a weakening global economy and rising trade tensions have strengthened the case for rate cuts in this nation. The remarks came as Powell gave testimony before the House Financial Services Committee. He was due to appear before the Senate Banking Committee Thursday morning, though his testimony is not expected to have as much of an impact on Wall Street. Folks, there, there are happy days financially that are here. And you can take advantage of them. All of you. In one way or another. I'm not telling anybody, go out and play the casino of the the stock market. Although, hey, if you had uh, invested some money in it, uh, especially in in technology and stocks like that, in technology, you may be walking away overnight a millionaire today. Now, energy stocks... um, We're lagging. You know, in fact, some of them dropped. But technology, you better smooth believe technology is breaking out all over the world. And it is making people money. And I have a feeling it's going to continue to do that if we don't put ourselves in such a Mushroom haze, and, and and I'm talking about that literally, since magic mushrooms are now uh, legal for recreational use in states like Colorado, and and other states are considering it. The only path to our uh, the only uh, the, the quickening of our failure in this nation, if if we began to fail. I believe will be directly related to our sobriety. If America can remain sober in the midst of prosperity, God blessing us with prosperity, the only way we began to slide is if we do not remain sober. Many a successful nations have fallen because once they became powerful, they became hedonistic. And their sobriety became absolutely the most important tool to their failure the lack thereof, the lack of sobriety. So, my friends, my fellow Americans, the words of Thomas Jefferson then become even more important to us when we talk about our future and when we talk about how we can continue to be successful and prosperous. He said the price of our liberty will be eternal vigilance. And that's over every aspect of our American experience and our American existence. And to those of you who have just heard me tell you that technology is booming in this country. Those of you who are over 45 years of age hear me, hear me real good. Those of you who are over 45 years of age, hear me real good. You had better learn how to be technologically savvy in every aspect of savvy. The main reason is if certain medical reports and journals are correct. The average lifespan of anyone who is below 85 years of age can realistically be 105 to 110 years of age regularly, which means... That even if you're 85 years of age, you may be able to expect another 30 years of life. You better learn how to become technologically savvy, and you better start uh, finding a way to squirrel away some money. Uh, You're going to be left behind if you don't become technologically savvy. You're going to be old or older, but you actually will be more fit. You'll be you'll be more fit. You'll be alive, fit, vibrant. I know I know many uh, octogenarians who are just as vibrant and fit as anybody who is below forty-five years of age. Mine just as clear. In fact, I know uh, some people who are ten years younger than me. It looked like they had a real tough time of it. Yeah, they lived a hard life. I don't know. Become savvy. Learn how to tweet. Learn how to engage social media so that you have a voice because that is the direction that the nation is going. That is the direction that humanity is going. Why? Because technology is available and it is efficient. If you don't get involved in particularly those who are the baby boomer generation, my generation, if you don't get involved, there will be no one there to make sure that it is not used and abused, used to abuse you. You must get involved. Well, that brings us to the close of yet another day, you folks in Toledo. I will be there over the weekend and looking forward to meeting with all of you, and may God bless and keep you. Uh, and uh, I pray that all of you will pray for safe travel for me. I thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. I thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. and until I talk to you again, I'm CL and may God bless and keep you all.
1: Serious about making a difference? We know exactly where you're coming from. We are the Loving Liberty Radio Network.